0: To our hearts, speak to our lives today, we prepare our hearts to receive your word, and God, we pray that it would change us in every way. we love you, we adore you in Jesus' name. shout Amen, amen. come on, you asked for it. Say that with me, you asked for it. love this series. This is our second year of teaching this. On a, in November. And, and, as, and if we can, every year, we're going to just keep coming back to it because there's so many great questions that people have. And we pray that we've got some great answers. We had a great kickoff morning on Sunday. If you missed Sunday, we spoke about spiritual warfare. What is spiritual warfare? Anyone been using those weapons this week? I know I have. I've been praying differently. I've been praying, come on, in the name of Jesus. And I've been speaking the word. And then I've been reminding the devil that he was defeated on the cross. Amen. So I've been testifying this week and just really believing for God to do the miraculous supernatural. And now here's the second most asked question was this. What is my purpose? What is my purpose. To be honest with you, I wasn't surprised that this was in the top eight that we're going to be ministering on for the next few Sundays and Wednesdays, because this is probably the most asked question I get asked outside of, where are you from? Where are you from is probably the most asked, but outside of that, this is probably close to the most asked question that I get. What is my purpose in life? What has God created me to do? What has God created me to be? How do I know if I am really in His will? Am I, Pastor? Help me. Am I really fulfilling my purpose? Or words of that nature, you have all asked, and you're perhaps even asking right now. So you asked for it. So we're going to help you tonight. And let me start here. I'm going to start by making some statements and points and then we're going to step back and we're going to look at what purpose is living a life of purpose. Let me start here. You ready? Your continued response is bigger than a specific task. What do you mean, pastor? Let me say that again. Your continued response is bigger than a specific task task. A lot of people think their purpose is a crowning moment. They think it's a specific thing that one day, bam, you just step into your purpose and all of a sudden the lights come on. You hear all this "Ah," angels ringing all around you. But I want you to know something. There are moments and will be times in your life that you step in to that kind of moment of purpose. But I want you to know that every day your response determines the purpose that you're going to live by in your life. Too many people are waiting to fulfill a purpose where God's saying, I want you to live your purpose. I want you to be your purpose. Why? Because purpose isn't an arrival point. Well, when I arrive, then I'm at my purpose. Come on. Purpose isn't just an arrival point. Listen to me. Purpose is how you arrive at that point. We're all going to have milestones in our life. We're all going to have chapters. We're all going to have seasons. And we make it to that season. But when we get there, we can't celebrate too long because there's another challenge. There's another milestone. There's another season that we have. So what's important is not arriving and saying, oh, I've arrived. But what's important is how I arrive and that I am constantly arriving. And listen to me, how I arrive determines where I do arrive. So if I want to see God blow this world up with me and there's such this purpose, it doesn't start one day, it starts today. It starts today. So here's what I believe. And please don't ever minimize. I've had people say to me, well, you know what? I want to go to Africa and I want to do this. and I want to do this. And all I'm doing right now is I've got four kids and I'm stuck with this. Don't minimize where you're at. What a purpose to be living and be able to raise children. To know God. What a purpose. Well, it's just a nine to five job. It's a purpose, it's a place. Don't minimize where you're at because here's what I believe. Here's what I live and here's what I preach. Are you ready? Living with purpose daily is what's going to take you to the next levels. Living right now with purpose daily is going to take you to the next level. And here's what I've discovered. The next level usually involves me doing the same thing that I do right now, but with just a larger responsibility. Things don't change. The way we speak to others, the way we handle our lives, the way we conduct our lives, those things don't change. Because that's you, that's the character, that's the person of the purpose. And so we think when I get there, I'm going to change and I'm going to be. No, today... Is your day. Today is your moment. And understand this look at this statement purpose is never irresponsibility. It's never a time for me to say I can be irresponsible because I'm living in my purpose. They do not go hand in hand because purpose is being responsible to your life, to where you're at. So I'm going to look tonight at purpose. The reason why God placed us on this earth. We're going to give you four points tonight. You need to be taking notes in the church. But I'm telling you, I believe that through these points that we're going to discuss tonight, that only when we faithfully perform all these four things will we find true contentment and fulfillment in our lives. Because here's what I've realized. When people come to me and say, Pastor, would you tell me what my purpose is? Here's the number one reason why they ask me that. Because they're not happy where they're at. Because they're not happy where they're at. They're not finding fulfillment in their life. They're saying there has to be more. There's got to be more. So that's usually why they ask, where is my purpose? I'm going to show you tonight four key areas in your life that you start doing today. You're going to walk in purpose every day. There's going to be a new fulfillment that's going to come to your life. You're going to walk into your job tomorrow with a different attitude and spirit. Because you're going to realize, wow, this is a place of purpose for me. Every moment of every day is what it is. Because, you know, so many of us just want to be happy. If I could just be happy. And happiness is man's goal, that's the goal of man. But did you know that happiness is not God's goal for your life? God doesn't want you to be happy, God wants you to be holy. Holiness means your character. The type of person, the decisions, the choices, the life that you are making. And God has something greater than happiness anyway, and that's joy. Joy, joy, joy. Here's my definition of joy. Are you ready? Despite your struggles and circumstances. You may say, that's it? Yeah. Joy is despite your circumstances and situations. You see, happiness determines on your circumstances and situations, on happenings. That's where it comes from, happiness. Happenings, where joy is despite your circumstances and trials, despite that the fact it may be rough right now, you can still have a smile on your face. And it's not something fake. It's something that comes from deep inside of you, which is the joy of the Lord, because the Bible says the joy of the Lord wants to be your strength. And to see you through. So let's go on a journey tonight to find out how we can have joy. Not seeking happiness, but how we can live in the true purpose of God. So let's go to the beginning tonight. Genesis 1, and 27 says these words. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the seas and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, both male and female, he created them. God created man. But what do we see about God's creation of man? There's a special interest God has with man. There's a special touch that he gives to man that he doesn't give to anything else he's created. Jump to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being this is different to anything else that we've seen in creation because in creation the bible says god spoke and things were formed god spoke and mountains appeared god spoke and the waters divided from the earth god spoke and there was a light by day the sun and a light by night the moon god spoke but what do we see god has spoken and it's not because god's lost his voice but there's something special that God is doing here as He's not speaking it any longer. He's playing in the dirt. He's taking the dirt. He's fashioning and He's forming man. And He's not only making him, He's putting His mouth to man, breathing into His nostrils the breath of life. Man is distinguished above every other creature. And you know why? Because man has been given A God-given purpose. A God-given purpose. Oh, there's purpose for animals. There's purpose for flowers. There's purpose for trees. There's purpose for rocks. Oh, we know there's purpose to everything that God does. But there's a special purpose that is touched by God, hand-formed by God, and made by God, and nothing else is made in His image. And in his likeness. Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. The garden God had created, the garden of Eden. And man was put in the garden to tend it and to keep it. Listen to me. Man was placed in a position with purpose. Or was placed in a position by purpose or on purpose by God. And then God stands back and He observes and He realizes something. Verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to Him. Again, we see a special touch here. There's a special interest. You don't see God chasing after the zebras and saying, Are you okay? You don't see God chasing after the giraffes and saying, How's that neck working? Are you able to take care of everything? God's spoken and left them alone. But he's placing man strategically in a beautiful place that he's created. He's observing and watching as Adam is naming all the animals. But in all of this, God's heart is moved with compassion because he looks and sees. And guess what? There's no helper. There's no one comparable to him. So what does God do? Verse 21 through 25. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And as he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. and He brought her to Adam. And Adam said, this is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. That last verse I think is very important. What do you mean naked and unashamed? You've got to understand what it means. They're living in total bliss. They're living in total perfection. They're living in total happiness. When? When were they living in total bliss and happiness? When they were fulfilling their purpose. Listen to me. When they were fulfilling their purpose, both individually and together, there was a great fulfillment. They had no cares. They had no concerns. Everything was perfect. Jump back to Genesis 1, verse 28. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the seas, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Again, what do we see? God made man with a purpose. God purposely placed man in a position. He said, take care of this. When he realized man was alone, he purposely brought a woman to him. Everything of his life. And now God again is reminding them, here's your purpose. Be fruitful, multiply, live, subdue, work. Do all these kind of things. I know I've painted a big picture right now, but I want you to see this because from what we have just talked about, the creation of man, I want to show you today the four points of purpose for your life. Are you ready? Number one, you are created to worship and serve. Your purpose is to worship God and to serve God. In other words, you know what that means? Your purpose is to have a relationship with God, to love God. Say that with me, love God, love God. How was man created? He was created in the image and likeness of God. Anyone remember that? He was created in the image and likeness of God. But for what reason? Here's why God created man in His image, so He could hang out with him. We're not different, we're the same. So when Adam was looking around, everything was different, but there was one thing that there was the same. And God is the same. God created us in His image so we can have relationship with Him. We can have fellowship with Him. David says it this way, Psalms 139 verse 14. David said, I will praise you for I am what? fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm going to praise you. God, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my worship. I'm going to give you my service. I'm going to give you my life. Why? Because you, you've made me perfect. As a result of you creating me, God, I thank you for that. Listen to what the Message Bible says. I love it. It says, I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously Made And I worship in adoration, what a creation. I love that. You made me, thanks God. So now what is my response? I worship you. I adore you. God, what is it you need for me to do for you? The Bible tells us that God daily would come down in the cool of the day. And he would walk with Adam and Eve. And he would talk with them in the garden. Why? They were created for a purpose. To be in fellowship, to be in relationship with God, to worship him and to serve him. So here's the question. How's that going in your life? No, really, how is that going in your life? Oh, well, Pastor Philip is going really well. No, no, really, really, really. Let's just put down the facade. How is your relationship really going in your life right now? Think how awesome your life would be if just like the message Bible says of Psalms 139. Just think if every day, everything we said, every action we did screamed out, I thank you, God. Just think how our lives would be. Just think how our lives would be if we lived like that I'm telling you what our lives would never be the same again our marriages would never be better our relationship with our children and our neighbors and just those around us we would be the hardest working if everything that we did says God I thank you for that if everything and words that we said all came from that position God I thank you but you know the position most of it comes from God I'm miserable I'm depressed I'm lonely God, I don't care for you right now because I'm mad at you. Just think what would happen if we realized, hold on a second. My purpose is not to be mad at God. My purpose is to thank God. My purpose is to love God. God created me to worship him. Not because he's an egotistical monster, but because when we worship him, we spend time with him. God wants our time. God wants our attention. God wants that. You see, one thing I've realized, and I've counseled a lot of people problems don't come into great relationships. Very rarely do I counsel a couple that says everything's going great. But you know, the kind of counseling that we do is problems that come in because there's a bad, distant relationship, that we're neglecting that relationship. And so, what do we label that as? We have grown apart. I think that's kind of a strange way to put it because we don't grow apart, we die apart. Think about that. Oh, the distance maybe grows of separation, but the thought so many times is we grow apart. I'm better off without them. I'm better off without... No, 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 no. A good relationship is never better on its own. A great relationship is always better when you're with the right one. And the right one of your life is God. You were created to worship Him You're created to serve him. But it didn't take long for Satan to cause man to question God, did it? They're living in bliss. They're living in harmony. Everything's great. They have everything but one thing. And what is it that Satan puts their attention on? The one thing that they don't have. But what do they do? They begin to question. Eve begins to question God. She begins to ask herself, hold on a second. Did God really say there's a question that comes? And you know what? There's a problem begins to surface in our life is when we have questions. You know why? Because we can never fully worship that which we question. It's hard to worship something that we question. It's hard to do that. It's virtually impossible. But you and I were created by God as we just read the account of man being created. We were created with a purpose and our purpose first and foremost is to live for God, to worship God and to serve God with our lives. Here's number two. Are you ready? Here's our second purpose. Our purpose that we were made for was to work and to provide, to work, and to provide. Many people have wrongly labeled work because what people today have labeled work as, they have labeled work as a part of the curse. As a result of sin entering this world, man was cursed and now they have to work. No, 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 no. God instructed man and created man to work before the curse. Let me say that again. God created man To work before the curse. That's part of our purpose. Before sin ever entered the world, man was ordered and placed to work. Look at it. Genesis 2 verse 15. It says, and the Lord God put man in the garden. And what was his role? God says, I want you to tend it and I want you to keep it. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, that's work. That's work. God said, you got to work. You got to work. Now, we do know this, if you would read later in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17 through 19, we see the curse through sin that God turned to man and he cursed him. And he did say this, the ground that you're working on is going to be cursed. You're going to work with sweat and toil. Your work's going to be a little bit harder, but God didn't say now you're going to have to work. God says you're already working. You're already doing those things. And that's part of our purpose, to work and provide. God has got no patience, and God has got little time for laziness. You see that through the Bible. You can read it in Proverbs over and over again. Paul gives this instruction. Listen to what Paul says to the church of Thessalonica. Listen to what he says. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. Look what he says. For even when we were with you... We commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Now please understand this, he's not trying to be ugly. He's not trying to be unkind. He's not being rude with this. He's not being obnoxious. He's not pointing the finger at other people. But what is he doing? He is just stating the God-given purpose that God has placed upon man. And if you don't believe me, you ask most men. You ask most men how it feels when they're unable to work. And most of them will tell you they don't even feel like a man because they're not able to fulfill their purpose and the responsibility and the duty that God has placed upon their lives. Now, I know there's situations where it's not possible for some people to work. But many are possible. And just choose not to do it. And there is a purpose in working and providing. Because listen, if you want that crowning moment, if you want that, "Ah," that moment in your life, I'm telling you right now, God will not promote laziness. God cannot use someone from that position because the Bible tells us if you want to see much, you've got to be faithful in the little. And faithful in the little means getting up every morning when you don't feel like it and going to work. Wishing you had another job, but failing to realize that you having a job is fulfilling the purpose and the calling that God has placed upon your life. Listen, I understand this is a simple message tonight, but you've got to listen to me. Because this is life-changing stuff. It's life-changing stuff. You were created with a purpose to work and to provide for your family. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 9 tells us, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. In other words, God's saying, work hard. Be a hard worker. And here's the implication. Are you ready? You're not really doing it even for man. You're doing it before the Lord. You are fulfilling your purpose before God. Did you know that work is a type of worship to God? Because you're fulfilling your purpose. You're doing that which is pleasing to God. And when we do it to God and not man, I'm so glad today that God is the only one who truly possesses the ability to promote and bless my life. Oh, my boss can give me a pay rise, but my boss could fire me tomorrow too. But God is really the only one that can give us the promotions and the blessings and the breakthroughs that we need in our life. Number three. You were created with a purpose to love and to connect. To love, to have a connection, to love other people. Think about this in paradise. It's hard for us to imagine. Think of your favorite or your dream vacation spot. Come on, just think of it right now. Just close your eyes for a second. Think about that most incredible moment you could have. Maybe some of you are on the beach right now. Maybe some of you right now are in like Italy or or something like this, standing in the Colosseum. Wow, if only I could just go and see that. Maybe some of you are in a rainforest. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. Just that picture, that most palacious paradise moment that anything and everything that you could ever need is there. Look at me right now even in something way beyond what you can even picture. What Adam stood in is something that's imaginable to every one of us. But in the midst of having everything, he still lacked one thing. He lacked companionship. He lacked what God says, I'm going to give you a help, mate. Genesis 2, 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good. Come on, God said it's not good. That's the first time we've heard God say it's not good. Because every day when he created, the Bible says he looked and says, that's good. That's good. But what did God say wasn't good? For man to be alone. God has placed a purpose within us to love and to be loved. To love and to be loved. Connected. Hebrews 10 verse 25 from the New Living Translation says this. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing Why would you say a scripture for that? Why? Because that's what we preach and teach here. That's why we say it over and over again. You need to be in church. You need to be here. Why? Because this isn't just a congregation. This isn't just a church. This isn't just a building. You're a part of a family. Everyone needs that. Everyone needs to hear the words, welcome home. Everyone needs to find a place to belong. Everyone needs a place to call home. Why? Because we were created with purpose to love and to be loved, to connect with other people. And I'm telling you, to live in purpose, to live in that which God has for us, that void in our lives will be completely met. But what tends to happen is this. We look outside of God, we look outside, we fall victim to so many things and we settle for what's in front of us instead of allowing God to give us the healing and the blessings that we need so we can be everything that we need to be. While we're waiting for our special person, why not make sure that we are becoming their special person? Remember the nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty. Anyone ever remember the Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. You may say, what's wrong with him? (laughs) Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, but the problem was this. The king's horses and the king's men couldn't what? Put Humpty back together. You see, the problem was Humpty went to the wrong people. He went to the king's horses and he went to the king's men, but he didn't go to the king. You see, that's the problem that we have in our lives. So you listen to me? What we settle for in our lives is that we're fallen, that we're broken. So what do we settle for? We settle for someone who will come along and pick up our brokenness, that will hold our brokenness together, that will share in our brokenness. I know where you're at. I, I know where you're at. I, I've gone through. I, I'm in the same thing as you. They can relate to your brokenness. But guess what? We're still... What? We're still broken. Broken people cannot heal broken people. And when you look at healing too, healings, the difference between having a surface scratch and having something that requires 10 stitches means a surface scratch can be healed within a couple of days, but 10 stitches could mean a couple of weeks. So if we're allowing something that's broken to hold together our brokenness, we're not going to heal at the same rate. We're not going to heal at the same time. So as you're healing and you're trying to move on and you're trying to see progress in your life, maybe they aren't. So guess what happens? You're stuck again. And you know what happens? The cycle begins all over again that you get hurt and broken again. Listen to me, yes, you were created to love and to be loved, but you better make sure that you're giving your heart to the right person because if you're giving it to that which is broken and messed up and confused, it's only going to cause that in your life too. You see, you were created with a purpose to worship and serve Him. Say with me, relationship. You were created to work and provide. Come on, say with me, blessing. Because that's what happens from that. You were created to love and to connect with other people. Say with me, fulfillment. Fulfillment. Because that's what God wants you to have. And last but not least, are you ready? You were created with the purpose to preach and to reach. To preach and to reach. To touch those who are around you. Listen to me, in the garden. In the Garden of Eden, I wonder, Rob, if Adam and Eve really understood their full potential. I wonder if, oh, God said to them, here's what I want you to do. And we know that God has spoken to our lives. We know God has directed us. We've read his word. We know the truth. But I still wonder sometimes if we fully understand and comprehend the purpose that God has for our lives. And in this story, I believe that Adam and Eve didn't realize the full potential that they had because if they would have, they would have never surrendered it for an apple. They would have never given it up. They would have seen everything that they had, one thing they didn't, and they wouldn't have cared about that because everything else was greater than that one thing. But even though they didn't fully understand their purpose, Satan fully knew their purpose. Just like Satan fully knows your purpose purpose. So what does he do? He destroys mankind before they can wake up and realize, hold on a second, this is not the purpose God has for my life. And by the time they wake up, what is too late? Isn't that much like our lives? What's God's purpose for our life? God wants us to witness to others around. God wants our life to be a light to those who are in darkness. But before we really understood that and before we really grasped a hold of that and surrendered our life to that, guess what Satan has done to many of our lives? If not all of us, he's tried to destroy us. He's come in to destroy our life. And as a result of the destruction and the attack, even some of you right now are sitting here right now tonight. You're thinking exactly the same thing as I'm about to say. How can I tell other people about God when I'm broken myself? You see, he has tried to destroy and he wants to take your witness and take the purpose for which you were created. I just want you to know right now that's a massive lie. I said that's a massive lie. Because you've got a great purpose through your struggle and trial. Because through your tests, you can have a testimony. And have something that you can give God the glory and praise to. Almost done tonight. Is this okay? Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. What's the instruction? Walk in him. Walk in him. Don't be ashamed. Don't hold back. Don't say, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I don't qualify to tell other people. God said, As you've, if you've received me, here's what you do. Walk in me. Stick your shoulders back. Put your head up and start walking with a confidence. And here's what he says you need to be. You need to be rooted. Look what it says. Be rooted, built up and established in Faith, New Living Translation says it this way. Just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots go down in him. Let your life be built upon him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. You know why Paul said this? I haven't got time, but here's why Paul said these words. Because false teachers, heretics of that day had come to people and said to them and tried to teach them progressive spirituality. In other words, you you don't deserve it. Here's all that you have. And if you do good on that, then you'll maybe get a little bit. And if you do that a little bit more, then God would give you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Paul is letting them know, just like us, that all we have to do is come back to Christ. And then when we come back to Christ, we walk in what? A deepening relationship with him. He's not holding us in purgatory and saying, well, maybe if you do good, then I'll bless you. Come on. As we accept Christ, we step straight back into the blessings and the fullness that are available in him. And how sad it is that we have the ability to preach and to reach to other people, but yet we allow that ability to lay dormant inside of us. And that's exactly what it will be If we fail to use it and tell others about Christ. We're called to live in purpose, to preach and to reach. Peter and John one day went to the temple. Acts 3 verse 6. What was the words Peter said? Silver and gold I don't have, but listen. What I do have, I give to you. What was he saying? I've got Jesus and I'm going to give you Jesus. Jesus. If we've accepted Christ into our life, you know what we have to give Jesus? We have Jesus. And there's nothing quite like winning a soul to Christ. Have you ever won someone to Christ? There's perhaps no greater feeling, just the fulfillment, the joy, just to lead someone to Christ. Why is that? Because God has called me to preach and to reach and to touch other people. I may not see everyone saved, but I better be moving them down the scale. Each and every time. So, what are you saying, Pastor Philip? What is purpose? Here it is it's a life of worship and service, it's a life of work and provision. It's a life of love and connection. It's a life of preaching and reaching. And I'm telling you, if you constantly do those things in your life, I promise you, you will never feel unfulfilled and feel that you are not fulfilling your purpose. The reason why we feel unfulfilled is because we're not living in the purpose that God created us and placed us to do and to be. Because purpose is what you were made to do. Your purpose, living like that, will open the doors of opportunity for you. Too many people want doors to be opened with talent. Too many people want the doors of their life to be opened with great ability, with money, popularity, maybe even passion. But I'm telling you, the door opener in every situation and circumstance is living a life Purposely for God. Living a life of purpose for God. And if you don't believe me, one last scripture, First Thessalonians 5, verse 18 from the New Living Translation, it says this be thankful in every circumstance, for this is God's will. Say with me, purpose. This is God's purpose. For you who belong to Christ. Listen to the Message Bible. It says it this way. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Come on, thank God no matter what happens. In everything, give God thanks. In everything, live for him. Remember we talked about if we woke up every day and said, I thank you, God, with every part of our life. What's the promise? That's what will bring the will, the plan, the purpose of God into fulfillment in our lives. So what is my purpose? I'm telling you right now, you know. I said right now, you know, because we've just given it to you. That's your purpose. Oh, but Pastor Philip, I want to go to Africa. Hey, you worship and serve God. You work and provide. Come on. You love and connect. You preach and reach. And that will open the doors if that's where God wants you to be. I look at my mom and dad right now. My mom and dad, my dad will turn 68 years of age on Friday. And I look at my mum and dad and you sit down with them when they come back in the new year and you ask them the question, What are you doing right now in your life? They will say this. We are living in the purpose of every other moment of our life. They believe that they are living in the absolute fulfillment of everything that they have done in their life. They have never been happier than ever before. Why? Because they've been faithful every step of the way in their life. And now they are living in absolute bliss and love and harmony. Why? Because fulfilling your daily God-given purpose will open up greater doors than you can ever imagine or ever comprehend in your life. I wish you could get this. I hope that you get this. I pray that you get this, that you stop chasing something that's a fool's paradise and you start living for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you serve him because that's living out your purpose. Would you stand with me tonight?